This podcast is made possible by Mississippi Land Bank. They understand the lay of the land in North Mississippi. Visit them online at mslandbank.com. Well, what do you know? He's back. And by he, I mean JV, not me. Where was JV yesterday? What was he doing yesterday for three hours? (laughs) No, look, it's all my fault. I, I hated, hated having to miss yesterday's show with y'all. There was so much going on, but it's just one of those things, man. That's what they say. It's just one of them things. You know what I'm talking about. Not one of those things, but one them things. You know what I mean? It's just one of those things. So I'm back today, and I am glad to be back with you here in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance across the great state of Mississippi. Available to you in all 82 counties across the great state the Magnolia State. Hometown heroes, that's what they are at Farm Bureau. We stay connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. In just a little bit, I'm going to raise some really, really important questions for you. Some sports related, some not. Like, for instance, if all 14 presidents in the SEC were to vote, if they had to vote, all 14 of them in the SEC, to go forward with football or not, How would that vote go? See, sports-related question. Other questions like, did JB miss me yesterday? All of that's coming up first. Let's start it off right. 25 seconds left to play. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. Won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to the Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Hey, now it feels right. Now it just feels Right. It's kind of like when you hear the sonic boom, it feels like football. Oh, by the way, yeah, that's coming up too. It feels like a normal radio show when you guys start texting me on the Country Pleasing text line at 885-ESPN. Remember that number? Y'all remember? It ain't like I've been gone for a week. Of course you remember that number, 885-ESPN. Text me there and I'll read it on the show. Hey to everybody who's watching on Facebook. Danny, the first to get in here on Facebook and says, uh, waiting on a medical test, watching Matt Wyatt. Hey, you'll stay. <laughs> well, I hope that sends you some good vibes. You get a good report. JB, welcome back. What's to happening? You. Did you miss me yesterday? I did. I did. But I actually got to have lunch with a good buddy yesterday. We talked a lot of sports, but I ate a lot of pizza pie. Oh, okay. Yeah, baby. man. Yeah. You, uh, was, it wasn't, um, was it lost pizza or was it somewhere else? No, it was it was uh, another place. I got you. I got it's, you. Um, I guess I could say it. Soul shine. Attaboy. Yeah. 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 You know, made I've my heard... soul shine. <laughs> uh, I think the I think I have been to the Soul Shine Pizza in Oxford, um, but I don't think I've been to the one in Jackson. There's two. There's one uh, on re- near the Renaissance in the Ridgeland Madison area on Highland Colony Parkway, and then there's one out on lakeland drive almost to uh northwest Rankin, okay. right by legend sports grill okay who's a proud sponsor of the yeah this uh station here yeah absolutely um which one do you think gets more traffic 
Oh man. Me well, too. the one in in Flowood is is a lot bigger, and I think it gets a, a lot more traffic uh-huh. there. Yeah. But the one in uh, in Ridgeland, every time I go in there, they're packed. So just not as big. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Well, I'm glad you got to do that. I hated yeah, to miss the show yesterday. I got to go um, working on some stuff and uh, meet a few of the people and work with a few people in uh, with Farm Bureau in Grenada yesterday. And uh, the route that I drove was, you know, from Tupelo. I went through some of these small towns uh, like Houston and then to Vardaman and then Durham and then Calhoun City and then over to Grenada from there. I don't know if you're familiar but, you took the long cut. Well, you know, actually, I think <laughs> distance-wise, it's the shortest route, but it takes the long because it's mostly two-lane roads, and you got to make a turn here or there. You do have to go right like right through downtown Vardaman, right through downtown Calhoun City, which, interesting, you know, the thing about Calhoun City, JB, is, like, if you're traveling into Calhoun City on Highway 8, you're mm-hmm. heading, Highway 8 is going one direction, right? Then Highway 8 must go around the square... And when you continue on Highway 8, now it shoots you off the square going an entirely different direction. But it's still Highway 8. <laughs> it's funny how that works, you know. <laughs> but, but yes, uh, it might take a little long. But it, it was an easy trip and got to kind of go through there and see some stuff. And I can't. I always do this I, when I have time, is if I'm traveling through places, especially small towns, I like to, ahead of time, look up and learn some of the local history like about the place and how it got its name and when it was, you know, incorporated and why is there a town there and who's responsible for it. And and that was interesting. I did that yesterday. I like to learn about these small towns in Mississippi. So you find I, a place to eat local when you go there as well. Well, I tell you, I, I don't know if it's like a combination of being cheap and always being in a hurry, but <laughs> no is the answer. I don't ever do that. Yesterday, I was done with the act. I mean, we got started early yesterday morning, uh, earlier, I did anyway, and worked on up. And I mean, I was actually uh, back on the road traveling uh, within, I guess, probably back on the road traveling around one o'clock or so. So it would have been in the realm of going and eating somewhere, right? Well, I had, before I left home, I packed snacks. So not a meal, (laughs) but I had like, apples and bananas and granola bars and no lemon heads no milky ways no no none of that what there was something oh the werther's candies you know those are in there oh yeah and so i just eat all that stuff in the car and i'm like i don't have time to stop for an hour somewhere anyway i am terrible i am so glad the world is not like me and other people aren't like me because if they were almost nobody would eat at restaurants and then two if everybody was like me, sporting events would be no fun because you'd go to a game and nobody'd say anything. <laughs> it, I, I'm the most. If I'm not calling the game on radio or TV, I'm the most silent person ever at a sporting event. I'm listening and consuming everything. I'm not a part of it. It never occurs to me during the course of a ball game to go woo. <laughs> Woo! Come on now! When the Chiefs won the won the Super Bowl, you didn't get the least bit excited. Oh yes, I definitely get excited, but I don't scream. Right. I don't clap. You don't throw pillows at the TV or anything. I might. Like that. I did a little fist pump. You can ask Anna Beth. I probably do a little fist pump. I stand in front of the television. I right. kind of do like this right here, and yes, and that's yeah. about all you get out of me. I'm not going woo, you know, and 
I'm so glad that 65,000 people do go, woo, and clap because it makes for this great crowd noise. If they were like me, it'd be boring. <laughs> so I'm glad people aren't like me. And it's, well, you know, there's nobody in the world just like you. That's that's why nobody in the world will ever be 100% understood by another human being because we're all just a little just different. Just a tad different. Well, that's good. Yeah, like snowflakes. They're all different. And I know that's double entendre these days. I, I mean it in the most positive way and not in the most negative. But is did you come up with that or is that straight off of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? No, that's it was kind of a sermon I did a few years ago. Okay. When, I like no, it. it. It was called Nobody Understands Me. <laughs> I like it. Nobody... <laughs> Uh, nobody understands me. That is definitely, uh, it's got a hook there. It'll definitely pull you in. All right. So glad to be back. Um, apologies for missing yesterday, everyone, uh, everyone, and thanks for being back here today. Real quick, Rick on Facebook on the live stream says uh, he's in Dixie and watching and listening. Good day, SEC. Please vote yes for football this fall. Norman, who's watching on Periscope Twitter, says, Matt, I'm moving my oldest into a dorm today. 2020 continues to be crazy. That's from Coffee Norman. I wonder what that's like. Do you have any anxiousness, Norman, about the health part of this? Or is it just that they're moving out and growing up? Cody on Facebook says, have you ever had a dough burger from Latham's in New Albany? I have not. Not in New Albany. But I have had a slug burger from one of the small cafes in... Uh, Corinth. Okay, so dough burger, slug burger. I think they're the same thing. And then my buddy Greg, uh, who's uh, in the Jones County area, he says the first commissioner of the SEC was from a small town, Seminary, Mississippi. How about that? I did not know that. I'm going to look up who it is and the history. Small town history in Mississippi. I'm fascinated with it. Love it. Jason, the first to text me today on the Country Pleasing text line here on this Thursday show. Uh, Jason out in Flagstaff says, Yay, yesterday was awful for sports radio from the great state of Mississippi. Everyone was talking about how Trump or Trump hatred was responsible for the conferences canceling or not. I'm stuck over here in Pac-12 country, and I'm like, it ain't that simple, he says. He says, uh, I went right by Camp McCain, should have stopped in and driven a tank. Where's Camp McCain? Maybe I saw a sign for that, Jason. I think maybe I did see that sign and was, was a little bit curious. And then uh, Jason says, uh, Ham Bones is a good place to eat around there if it's still there. So what are we talking about? Calhoun City or just in Calhoun County? Or Vardaman? Here's what I learned about Vardaman. Vardaman's named after the governor of the state of Mississippi, James Vardaman. He was the gover governor from 1904 to 1908. But get this, J.B., for a long time, the post office in what everybody referred to as Vardaman had a different name. It said Timberville. People are like, well, is this Timberville or is it Vardaman? And they get to look at it and confuse people. Where do I send my letter to? Okay. People found that they were having more success getting their letters and mail and stuff to go through to the residents of Vardaman by addressing it to Timberville than they did if they addressed it to Vardaman. You know why? Well, the postmaster... In Timberville, Vardaman, was a guy named Henry Clay. Henry Clay was a huge Theodore Roosevelt supporter. Well, Governor James Vardaman had written some stuff that was very, very critical in the Greenwood paper about Theodore Roosevelt. Henry Clay, the postmaster in Timberville, Vardaman, found out about it and said, we ain't calling this place Vardaman. 
At least we're not co- calling this post office, the Vardaman post office. It's Timberville. <laughs> and they didn't get Postmaster Henry Clay out of there and get it fixed and make it Vardaman proper for good until about 1912. If anybody cares, you know, good. Maybe they don't, but that's the kind of stuff I like to learn. <laughs> so uh, thanks for tuning in. The Real Eric on uh, the Country Pleasing text line, 885-ESPN. The two best tight ends in the NFL, George Kittle of the 49ers, and Travis Kelsey of the Kansas City Chiefs. Mind you, one of them has a Super Bowl ring versus the other. But George Kittle just signed the largest tight end deal in NFL history. Massive. Five-year, $75 million extension with $40 million guaranteed. He's good. He's good. He's not better than Travis Kelsey, though. He's He's just not. That's all it is to it. Who does Kelsey play for? Chiefs! (laughs) Chiefs! <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> Chiefs kingdom, baby. Your world champs. I can't even believe I'm saying that. Yeah, I've done it. I've gone back and watched that Super Bowl over and over. Hey, speaking of that, and then I'm coming to the phone lines. We're going to see what Clay wants to talk about real quick. But speaking of that, JB, I'm excited to tell you something we're going to start doing. It's going to start doing it today on the show. Talk to me. For about the next month. We're going to take some time in our shows to go back and relive and recount and remember some classic games from around here. And we're going to dial into it, maybe hear a highlight or two and just look back on it. And I'm going to see if there's an interesting angle, you know, here or there. Today I have chosen a game that was a very important game in the history of Mississippi State football. It was right after they went up to number one. But it's a game nobody talks about, and there are plays in that game that I think are were crucial and still are crucial to building what became kind of a new era of Mississippi State football, fun one for state fans, that plays that people have in large part kind of forgotten. And I'm going to tell you what they are, and we're going to relive that. I'm going to explain it all to you coming up on today's show. So we're going to do some more of that. <clears throat> Looking back on big games. Not the Super Bowl. Well, we might. I better leave it open-ended. You never know. (laughs) All right, here we go. On the Divini Equipment phone line, Divini Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer, 995-1059. Clay, hanging on, the first to get in today. Clay, thanks for calling. What's up? Man, I heard you talking about Calhoun County. You know, that is the epicenter of the creation of of the world. I I grew up there. My family on the week is a big star. My dad on the Chevron station right there beside it. But everywhere I've been in the world, my dad was Air Force, retired, um, military contractor. Everywhere I've been in the world, any airport I've ever been, sit down, just start talking to people because that's how I am. Oh, man, where are you from, Mississippi? Oh, my cousin is from Pittsburgh. <laughs> my, aunt, my aunt's from Bartimus. Yeah. I mean, I'm, hold on, time out. There's 1,900 people in this whole county. Everywhere we go, I run into somebody who is kin to somebody from Calhoun County. It's the craziest thing. Isn't that so I mean, I know I'm from there, so that that makes it. But I just I told a man, and I was in a I was in an airport in Barcelona, Spain, flying back from Riyadh and Saudi Arabia, and a talking. Started talking to a guy, 
And I'm like, hey, so where you, where you, where you, where's home, Mississippi? Oh, my cousin lives is from Pittsburgh. I'm like, huh? Pittsburgh where? Mississippi. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> There's ten people in Pittsburgh. You, you blink and you're through Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey, I mean, and Calhoun County's a crazy place. Well, and it's just it, just because it's so small and everybody knows everybody. Everybody knows everybody. Well, and the story of. I guess it would take me a minute to go through it, but the story of Derma versus Calhoun City, the fact that I can go and there's a sign that says Derma, corporate limit, and in the rearview mirror, literally, I can still see downtown Calhoun City, including the water tower and everything. It's that close, like a mile apart. And My my two best friends growing up when I went to Calhoun County were from Derma. I think they were only two kids in Derma. In Derma, (laughs) Well, and I got to reading that, like, Okay, so it's like 1905. They all find out in Calhoun County that the Mobile, Ohio Railroad is about to come through there. So Derma gets all excited. Derma's going to build the railroad depot. They're going to put it in Derma. It's going to be a big, booming town now. Everybody's going to make money. It's going to be great. Well, this wily old Civil War veteran, last name Burkett, hears about it, went up there and bought all that property where Calhoun City is sitting one mile away from Derma. Hired a bunch of people to come in there and start cutting out roads into a square. Okay. Had already convinced a couple mm-hmm. of bu- uh, buddies of his who own businesses to move their business in there. And when nobody's really even paying attention, went ahead and built a railroad depot. And so when the mail, bo- the mobile and Ohio ra- uh, railroad found out about it, they go, well, we're just going through there. They've already got a depot. And everybody in Derma was caught with their pants. down, like, what? And here we are years later. Burkett became the city, then it became Calhoun City, the county seat, and Derma's still sitting there about like it was 100 years ago. I mean, it's, there's not very many people there, but I tell you, also, if you go anywhere in the world and you tell somebody you're from Calhoun County, everybody knew a man, and I know he may have been before your time, kind of, well, no, he was, Rex Jarrett had the Cavalier shop. Oh, yes. Everybody that's anybody in the world knew Rex Jarrett and knew the Cavalier shop the in Cavalier. Mississippi. I mean, it was just... It was it was crazy. Hey, but, listen, uh, hey, I, I met him. I met him, Clay. This has been 15, 20 years ago when I was brand new working at the TV station in Tupelo, but I had to go through there for something. Maybe it was a sales call. They sent me through there. I remember meeting that guy. I went into the Cavalier shop in Bruce. Is it still there? He, get, he, get, he, gave, he gave you Yeah, I'm still here. He gave you a bottle of Coke, didn't he? He tried his best to give me one. He sure did. He sure did. <laughs> that was his thing. When you walked in that door, man, he greeted you. He'd take you back there and give you a bottle of Coke. Bottle a little Coke. miniature one and have a good time. But I will. I have one quick football story for okay. you. He's talking about back in the – so Jerry, when he was at Brandon, he, they were playing Pearl one night in Brandon. And have you ever been to Brandon's Field? You ever seen it? Yes. The old field? Uh-huh. You know how the baseball stadium sits behind the – the, home, the visitors bleachers right but we were sitting in the stands and then he took the opening kickoff back for a touchdown he touched the ball like three times one offensive and one on a punt return and one on the opening kickoff and had three touchdowns and a friend of mine was doing the chain gang and he said the coach grabbed the punter and said let me tell you something man i don't care what you do you do not punt the ball to him so the punter takes snap turns and i mean i have witnesses that were in the seat the punter turns and whether he meant to do it or not he turns like the punter and he punts it over the visitors bleachers toward the baseball field <laughs> completely out of the stadium uh, that's and, uh, great we all were laughing and joking about it and the guy who did the chain gang came over and he was like 
after the game, he was, we were talking to him, and he was like, yeah, the coach graduated and said, I don't care where you, what you do, but you do not punt it to him. But, uh, <laughs> and he listened. I ain't thinking he, he ended that night with about five or six touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, he did not punt it to him again. That's great. <laughs> that is fantastic. What but a anyway. story. Well, kid, he's coachable. Right, Kid's man, coachable. I, Thanks for the story, Clay. He is. I'll holler. All right. Don't punt it to him, and the kid punts it onto the baseball field. <laughs> I love it. <clears throat> yeah, he's coachable. Kid did what coach said. Made sure, for doggone sure, that Jarius Norwood couldn't field the punt. Jarius, one of those guys, I wish I could have seen him in high school. Hey, look, man, I mean, I just wish Jarius hadn't gotten banged up when he was with the Falcons. Um, he was so exciting. Jarius was NFL super fast. And what I mean by that is like, you know, like the high school kid who's obviously faster than everybody else. And then sometimes you watch college games and there's a guy who's faster than everybody else. Jarius Norwood was like Tyreek Hill kind of fast. He's moving faster than everybody else on the field. The Not only, only the football field. I played softball with him a few tournaments. Yeah. I've never seen a guy get around the bases like that. Oh, of course. I mean, oh the gosh. guy was fast for the NFL. Look, the only thing NFL defenders had on him at times was an angle because they're not catching him. I just wish he hadn't gotten hurt. All right, lots of comments, Periscope, YouTube, Facebook, coming to y'all. Lots of text, Jason, Ghost, Hunter Grant, Anthony, White, Denzel, everybody coming to y'all next. We're just getting started with you on this Thursday in the Farm Bureau studio. Stay with me. Are you ready? Brace yourself. Now back to the Matt Wyatt Show. Okie dokie. Back on the show. Y'all call me on the Divini phone, 995-1059. Divini Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Highway 51 Madison, Spring Ridge Road in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer. The oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S. It means they've been doing it better, longer than anyone else. It's a it's a great product, but even better people that you get to deal with if you do business with Divini. Head on up there, tell Jonathan and those guys I sent you. All right. I'm going to hit the text line here. Uh, I've got a story for you that really is kind of bearing the lead. It is a big news story, I think, potentially for Mississippi State football. Since things are not normal with football, I think we all are approaching – Normal news, I hate to call it that, the normal news cycle a little differently. We're not paying as close attention and all that kind of stuff. It's just the way it is, but I want to make sure we get this in. And then I'm coming to your comments and your texts. According to Joel Coleman, Sports Illustrated, Mississippi State wide receiver Malik Heath was arrested yesterday in Winston County up there around Louisville. He was arrested by the Mississippi Highway Patrol. According to arrest records from the Winston-Choctaw County Regional Correctional Facility, he was booked at 4.30 p.m., 4.29 to be exact, yesterday, charged with driving under the influence, no driver's license, improper equipment, no insurance, and speeding more than 20 miles per hour over the limit. He was released from the facility at 8.30 last night, total bond of $3,000, when contacted, the Mississippi Highway Patrol provided no further details on the arrest. 
Mississippi State head football coach Mike Leach released the following statement on the arrest. We're aware of the situation. We're gathering more information from the proper authorities and don't have further comment at this time. He went on to say, Joel did in his story here at SI, that Heath is, in his words, expected to be one of Mississippi State's primary receiving targets in Leach's air raid offense in 2020. 6'3", 215-pounder from Jackson. Came to MSU by, uh, by way of Colin uh, Community College. Four-star JUCO recruit, part of the recent signing class. Um, played in 17 career games. i put it in per, into perspective for you to what his opportunity is on State's offense. If we can consume these numbers right now through our ears without looking at them. I, I I consume numbers really um awfully. I'm bad enough when I can see them, much less just hearing them, so I'm doing my best. Numbers are hard on the radio. Malik Heath in 17 JUCO games has I think one more reception or close to the same number of receptions in 17 career games that Osiris Mitchell at Mississippi State has in 35 career games. And oh, by the way, Osiris Mitchell is the leading returning receiver on State's whole wide receiver group. In terms of after high school, in a game, getting a ball thrown to you that you catch, Malik Heath's got more of those in two years and 17 games in JUCO than the leading guy at State does in 35 games in Starkville. Tremendous opportunity for him. The question now is, what is the discipline? And has this incident uh, completely taken him out of the mix? I will tell you, I don't know the answer. Most of the time, new coaches go really hard on the first few offenders of like zero tolerance policy rules that they have on the team, like DUIs and arrests, and so I have no idea. I don't well, know I have what a take on that. Hit me. I don't think that the uh, schools should release one iota of information about what they do to him, disciplinary and wise. Yeah, it's none of the none of the public's business. Gotcha. Handle that stuff in house. If right. he was not an athlete, it wouldn't even be a story. Yeah, that's true. You know, mm -hmm. unfortunately, people make mistakes, and kids, especially 18 to 22, you know, and I know friends that have had kids that have, have gotten DUIs and stuff like that, and, you know, it's not something you want to go out broadcasting to everybody. Hey, my kid this, my kid that. No, no. Mm -hmm. And you handle it, your business, in your own household. That's just my take. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm tired of these kids being thrown under the bus because they make a mistake that, you know, 95% of their age group is going to make. And mm -hmm. I'm not saying everybody's going to get a DUI. That's not what I'm saying at all. But Some type of mistake. Is, right. You know, it, it and and if we're going to use the old adage that uh, in God's eyes, the sin is the sin, you know, you can't, you can't rank them. Oh, this is worse than that, you know. Now, I know society has placed that on us through certain things that uh, – you know, that we look as a breakable law versus something that might not be as harmful. But mm -hmm. my point is just keep it inside. Yeah. We don't need to know what they do to it. Well, I think that's true. I don't need to know. I, you know, as a as an interested fan, 
you know, I, I am curious, okay, if these games kick off at the end of September, is he going to have to, you know, are we not going to get to see him now? I guess is the thing. That's a, and if they handle it internally, I don't have to know. I don't need to know. It's you, I agree with you. It's none of my business. I'm just wondering, does this take him out of the mix in the first game or is it the first three games or is it half the season? Whatever they decide to right. do internally, if it's a suspension. Sure. And for players sure. who have limited amount of time in which they're eligible anyway, and a guy who's already used two years of eligibility in JUCO, I mean, mistakes are crucial like this if it takes him off the field and keeps him from being able to play. Uh, not to mention it could really hurt the team. But I agree with well, you I on that. i got a first cousin that's very close to him and taught him in elementary school and maintained that that bond with him throughout his time at Callaway and then at Colin. And uh, he's a good kid, man. He just made a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. He can live through it. Hope you, you know, when it happens like that, you just hope you learn from it and, you know, exactly. eliminate that mistake. It's like in, you know, making a mistake in practice, maybe not as critical, but you make a mistake. Your hope is that you eliminate that mistake and you don't make it again. Learn so, from it and don't do it. Yeah. Learn, learn from it and move on. All right, here we go. Uh, let me So let me back up here. This is going back to the beginning of the show. We got things started on the country, please, and text line. It's 885-ESPN. Ghost Pepper says, you made fun of me for saying Cardinal Nation, yet you just said Chiefs Kingdom, LOL. I did because a kingdom could be large or small, and it's the official hashtag of the team. That's my excuse, Ghost Pepper. See, that's what I need. I need more of y'all to come in here and, like, check me on my opinions. 100 Grand said, Matt, he said, did I hear you say something about the sonic boom? I don't know if you – you might have missed it earlier in the week, uh, 100 Grand, but somebody asked for neck from JSU, but I actually played Coming to America. He said, uh, man, now you're starting to have that niche of when we need to hear it. Meaning I know, I just have a feeling for when you need to hear it. You just said, I just lost somebody and we as a New Orleans background celebrate life once it's gone. Let's get it going. You want to hear it? This is it. So not neck from JSU. I'm sorry to hear that 100 grand. Hang in there. JSU coming to America. Anthony from Tupelo says Camp McCain is off high, off the highway between Calhoun City and Grenada, about 10 miles outside of Grenada. That explains why I saw the sign yesterday. White Denzel says, uh, um, in regards to classic games, he said it's not a game, but the drive right before halftime by State in 2014 against Auburn was crucial for that season. We scored to lead 28-13 at half. Instead of 21-13, and that's right. I mean, Auburn made, a little, made it a little interesting. I mean, it was a closer game than a lot of people realize, but you're right. That drive right before half was big. Was that the um, the touchdown by Dak going into the north end zone? They go empty, and he goes quarterback draw. He's in the backfield all by himself. Goes empty. He misleads the linebacker on purpose and then goes through the other hole and just untouched into the end zone. I think that was it. They did that a bunch. That year in 2014, for sure. Bulldog Blitz 
on the country pleasing text says, think if Norwood played under a more balanced offense at MSU. He was the offense. Blitz says, I know Clay and got to hunt with Jarius a few times. Fantastic athlete. Great human being. I got to go fishing with him one time. Uh, Mark Beeson, remember he used to be with Wildlife Fisheries and Parks. He's over there in Clinton. A lot of y'all know Mark. Great guy, friend of mine. We used to live together up here in Tupelo, but we knew each other in college before that. Yeah, and we, we were at a, like a private lake over in Philadelphia. We got to take Jarius fishing. That was awesome. <clears throat> you said Minshew seems to get more love, but Jarius is the player I'm most proud of as a Brandon alum. Wish I could have seen him in high school. Look, two guys from that era, the early 2000s, early to mid-2000s era, that were just born a little too early. Omar Connor and Jarius Norwood. Can you imagine Omar Connor as a spread option quarterback in the in the wide open spread offenses nowadays? Or Jarius as a back slash slot guy? They're just born too early. That's all. Long way to go. Thanks for being here. We're going to have some fun coming up. Stick around. All right, back. Thomas on Facebook watching the live stream says, Louisville is a speed trap. Everybody knows that. (laughs) Uh, Will on the YouTube live stream says, Matt, as a former quarterback, you know all about learning an offensive system. How long do you think Leach needs to install the air raid and how long before the offense really gets it in? I will tell you this, uh, Will, of all the questions people have asked since Mike Leach was hired, but especially since the spring got canceled because of COVID, of all the questions, and I've done a lot of radio interviews and different stuff and you know shows in different states that cover the SEC, and it, it, without question, the number one question is the one you just asked. How fast can they pick up that new offense? You know, they miss spring, new quarterback coming in. And the way I've answered it every time is, you know, past the history um the record of somebody can only lead to so much i mean they have to go out and do it we understand that but you look at past examples every school he's been to the players say they pick it up really fast it's not a thing where the playbook is that thick it's more like about that thick and it's just it's about learning those plays and responsibilities and then the coaches start moving them all over the place in terms of formations but they will do the entire install the entire installation process, they say, is done within two weeks. Well, you still got to go out and make it work against a live opponent and execute the plays. But everything that former players who played in that system tell you is that it's not hard to pick it up in a short amount of time. And, you know, that's the hope if you're a state fan. So we just kind of have to see. We will just have to see. Unnamed texture on the country pleasing text line. A DUI from a few beers one night is one thing, JB, but no license or insurance. That's three mistakes. You know, it's one big fat mistake. Look, and 
Hey, I agree. I mean, you know, those license and uh, insurance, but uh, you know, there's there's always extenuating circumstances. Doesn't give them a pass, but yeah, it is three mistakes. That's right. Nobody gets a pass, but it also, um, I, it, I don't care what it is, especially with a person that young, you can learn from anything, and that's the job as to whatever it is, no matter how bad it is. It's like you know, my dad used to tell me growing up. Always remember this. If you're going to be stupid, you'd better be tough. Okay? <laughs> you don't really have an option. <laughs> yeah. You know, so you get tired of putting knots on your head. Let's be a little smarter. You know, we're all kind of in the same boat um, in, in in that My regard. My told me I wasn't smart enough to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't smart enough. So be good. That's good. Dad, you also used to say, you know, when you tell lies you got to remember every single solitary little thing you said, and you're not going to be able to remember everything you said. So just tell the truth all the time. Then you don't have to remember it because <laughs> it's just the truth. All right. Divinity Equipment phone line. Put your arms out. Start slapping them together like this. That's the Gator Chomp. They do it at Vicksburg High School, too, by the way. I don't know if y'all know that those are... Uh, Gators in Vicksburg. But these are the other kind of gators in Gainesville. Gator Greg. What's up, Greg? Mr. White, it's so great to hear your voice. Uh, you and JV doing an excellent job. Uh, Mr. White, I, I wonder how things going to impact for, for you and uh, Neil during the games. Are y'all going to have to distance in the booth? Are you going to have to put a glass up in between you guys when you're calling a game this year? I mean, uh, it, it, how are you going to have your access to – to, to the uh, to the players this year, it's just mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's going to be kind of different dynamic for you. Listen, I, I it is up in the air. We don't know. Neil and I, you know, Neil was on last Friday. We were down in Starkville doing the show, and he's unsure. I'm unsure. The one thing I'm certain of is this, Greg. This could be a season in which there are more people than ever tuning in to the radio broadcast. <laughs> we yes, sir. we have already seen a, an uptick in the last few years of, you know, just I'm talking about a, a, an incremental uptick in the number of people who are tuning into our radio broadcast and syncing it up with their television. That has really been happening a lot. And I think this year that's just going to it's going to double the number of people who are doing that kind of thing is nobody's going to be in the stands that we know. So radio is going to be important. But I don't know what they're going to do. We don't know if they're going to send radio crews to road games. I mean, but for all we know, they could put us down in front of a television and put a headset on us, you know, at home and say, hey, do it. We're going to put it on the radio and we'll pump in the crowd noise. I, we, There's just none of that is is certain. And I do know that if we are in the booth together, they will have us, you know, sitting apart and. If the booth isn't big enough, they'll have some type of partition between us. Um, but any, any they hadn't done it yet is is what I understand. Uh, any truth? Maybe I heard a little bit of a rumor. You hear when the schedule is going to be announced? Got a little bit of a information that I thought maybe possible it might be uh, next Friday. People like to, to do the little news dump on Friday. Uh, okay. I'd be kind of curious to see. I think you're going to open up. Uh, I don't. I have a feeling, uh, Mr. White. I think you're going to open up uh, with the Hogs. Okay. I I, I don't know. Uh, or the East opponent, maybe Vanderbilt. 
But I thank the Hawks. And then uh, let me see what the other thing I want to ask you, Mr. Quiet. Uh, you do an excellent job. I go back, listen to the show on the archives. Really got me through uh, stuff. Uh, Mr. Wyatt, are you talking about the implementation of the offense and the, and the hitting? Uh, wh- what do you kind of see? Are, are we going to try to? I know we have to test these kids and these athletes. Are, are we going to? We're going to try to limit the contact. Uh, yeah. You know, you have to have contact before we get ready to play. Yeah. Uh, you know, what do you think, how they're going to do that? But uh, you and JB do an excellent job. We love listening to you. Good luck to all the Bulldogs, the Gators, everybody in the SEC. And Justin Fields, I told him if he can't come to Starville, we'll take him in Gainesville. Appreciate it. <laughs> Gator Greg's out. Thanks for the call, Greg. Um, look, I, I don't think that they can afford to limit contact in practice. I mean, you know, just at, just minimally at best. But the thing is, Greg, over the last five years or so, the NCAA has minimized the contact in practice anyway. They have outlawed two-a-day practices. They have outlawed having full contact practices on back-to-back days. It now has to have a day in between. If you go full pads, full contact in practice on Monday, you can't do it on Tuesday. You got to do it Wednesday. You know, so they've really limited all the contact you have anyway. I haven't heard anybody say that they're looking to minimize the contact or limit the contact with players in practice. Um, but I don't know that any, I mean, they just got their practice schedules. Right, and today is the 13th. What are we looking at? The 17th is when they told them they can start full-on yes. practice, which, okay, so Monday. And if and Greg's saying if he's hearing, if what he's hearing is correct, then the SEC not releasing the, the full-on schedule with dates and times and locations tomorrow, but next Friday, so a week from tomorrow, which would be the 21st, which would actually be five weeks ahead of the first game or the first game weekend for them based on the schedule we have and all the information. So, hmm. It's not this week, but next. A little breaking news, Matt, as you talk about conferences and schedules. Uh, a friend of mine, coach in the area, sent me a text that um, the Southland Conference will cancel all sports. Yeah. The announcement will come later today. I said that Southeastern Louisiana has already canceled their opener with Tulane. Okay. So um, it looks as the as the ranks of the smaller conferences continue to uh, to fall, and I think the smaller ones, it's just about the stark reality there that JB they just cannot afford what it's going to take to put the their athletes through the kind of testing you'd have to put them through, right? And frankly, the SEC can afford it, and then some. You know, the NFL can afford it. It goes back to the question we got from the man who called earlier in the week from down in Baton Rouge who thought, why doesn't the NFL step up and foot the bill for all these college leagues and conferences to help them afford the constant testing? I think, again, the number I saw was over half a million dollars for one school. Like state, it's like $600,000. Ole Miss, $600,000. It's going to cost them this fall just for the testing part of it. Uh, for their football team, mm. so you know and, and that's a chunk of change. Well, it but, is. I mean, I mean, you just think about not, not only can they not afford the testing, but they're losing revenue mm-hmm. that 
because they, they can't play those games that they were getting, you know, two or three million dollars for going to get your tail whipped. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Hey, uh, and real quick, coming up in hour two. So we're going to start hour two with going back and we're going to relive in, in a certain way a classic game. I just happened to watch it one morning. I was working out. I popped up YouTube, and there it was, and I clicked on it, I thought. And then the idea kind of came together. So we're going to do that. We're going to have the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days, but we're going to circle back and talk about an, an SEC team that we barely touched on early in the countdown, but now it's there's a, there's a greater need to go back and hit this team again. And so that's coming up in the countdown of 100 teams in hour two also. Plenty more texts. Much of y'all got them in. J-Rock and QB1 and Anthony, I'll get to those. And your comments on Facebook as well. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. Stick around. 